special episode for you today with me is my partner in crime the sharpshooter for talking jays Jeanette in LA Jeanette how are you doing today well I'm very much excited for the guests that we have lined up today for our listeners um, these are two of the most celebrated talented original Prolific handsome generous funny um did i say handsome already ruggedly handsome yeah ruggedly (laughs) handsome i would say enigmatic salt of the earth just you know all around good dudes super good dudes handsome i i have an affinity for one who, who called me his hype man and I have an affinity for the other who does a wonderful Hank Hill impersonation. And both happen to be recurring guests, except for one partner who is in absentia, but we'll, we'll get to him later. Maybe. Uh, we'll get cracking on him later. But we have with us from North Carolina, joining us is Yeti Blanc and... Michael Jordan! Oh my God! Jordan! Woohoo! You got Richard Petty coming from North Carolina. Golly! What's going on, everyone? The ceiling is the roof. (laughs) (laughs) Both, both of us, North Carolina boys. You won't mind. Yeah, it's. It sounded like you were doing the Chicago Bulls uh, starting lineup entrance there for. Oh, I can do that. I, I did that before with with Pow and uh with Pow and uh with just Chris Huerta and, and uh, Jeff. No, 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 because any he, he wants to start talking about weights and you know, even though it's 2021, I think we still can't talk about people's weight sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So the reason why I wanted you guys on so badly is because you guys got nominated for the Asui Award. And I'm said, you know what? I said to myself, and then I pitched this to Jeanette. Why don't we have three, as many as of three or four or five, or however many we could get of the nominees for a SUI award in the musical category? And it happened to be that 
three out of my favorite people were nominated. And um, they we and we happened to invite them, and one of them sort of said, "Oh no, I can't stand the, the heat from the from the hot seat." So he's not with us today. <laughs> but we have two of the two musical masters with us. So Yeti, starting with you, how do you feel about getting your nomination this year, and your chances well, no, of winning? No, the chances this year? of winning this year were absolute zero because I mean you had. Well, you had Chris Whittingham as a fancy lad. Now, I guess you could say from a Michael Doliak perspective, there's always a chance of winning considering I was a minor, minor part of the long version of the stat of the day. Um, if we, it, it was a bigger part if you count the uncut version um, that didn't make the air. Uh, but if you, if you count just what made it on the air, you can catch me going, stat of the day, as it fades out. Um, and then, uh, I, I mean, they cut my line that says whose balls are juiced, but you know, oh, well, um, uh, <laughs> whose balls are juiced, but, uh, anyway, um, but either way, so if I, I, I've not looked at the percentages and they've not announced it, but, uh, you know, I, I think that one was just barely ahead of fancy lad, but see, Flim says that I ruined it for everybody because I'm the one who suggested the long version of the stat of the day to Chris when you he was asking. Dumbass. I know, Yeti. I know. God almighty, <laughs> Look, man. If it wasn't that, Come it was going to be that fancy lad would have had 65% of the vote then. Yeah, that's you know? true. So, that's true. Um, yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was pure perfection in a bottle but i'm more partial to the <laughs> no look me too look me too um, but uh no but like no this year it's the last two years have been so good for music um on the show because we've had people getting in with actual like you know studio quality productions whether it's a parody or an original song and so that's been really cool and and uh you know at first i was doing only parodies and then this year we broke out and started doing some original stuff and it's been, it's been a blast so it was cool um it, it was cool to get nominated again and hopefully i'll come up with something cool this next year to you know make it on to next year's series well how do you feel about not only having the intro to the dan lebertard show but the fact that people love your stuff enough that it keeps on getting nominated as well well it's i mean Obviously, it's an honor um, to be even mentioned in the same breath as Yeti Blanc and Streeter and Fleminem. Uh, but there's no chance in hell that I was going to win. Same thing with what Yeti said. Like, the, half the internet hates my guts, <laughs> and the other half, like, gives me props for coming up with that little sea shanty thing. Um, uh, and I don't blame both of, uh, you know, I appreciate it and I understand it as well. Like if you hate my guts, it's completely cool. I kind of hate my guts too. Cause after a while I got tired of hearing it, which is why I cut the uh, verses up and sent them to Mike if he wanted to shorten the intro. But, uh, yeah, like I, I just, you know, I was, uh, at work and came up with that first line and came home and on a whim recorded it on my iPhone. Uh, with a little external mic I plugged into the bottom of it and uh, used the iPhone GarageBand app to, uh, to double my voice a few times on there and make it sound like there was more than one of me. And uh, and the fact that it introed the show for as long as it did is just an incredible honor. Like I never, I thought maybe, maybe there was a chance that they played it one time on a podcast and that was it. And then for it to last as long as it did uh, during that pirate ship thing, was incredible like uh, that's that's greater and more of an honor honestly than like any other uh, award or accolade i could get for it 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then there was also the hold music when they would do a YouTube the put the show live. Oh on yeah, YouTube. yeah, yeah. It was yeah, also the whole the in between segments. Um, yeah. We yep. would get a little bit of the you know here come the little drums and it's like like I remember the first time <laughs> I I heard it both on the show and then on YouTube and it did the whole like it sent you chills and and you send the DM like oh my god dude like listen to this like I can't believe it. And then um, it was also, you know, at that time, because there were kind of, because uh, we also didn't know at that time what the fate of like original content, you know, parody sure, songs produced sure. by, by the audience would be. So when you guys kind of cracked into it, you know, post the departure, I think it, it gave people more, uh, you know, more of an incentive to continue to be creative. So I think a lot of people thought like, it wasn't going to happen and you know so oh, I stopped that's also great for, yeah for it's also great on, yeah. on the parodies because i was like yeah. well there's it's not much of a chance for it to get played not not right. if it, an idea hit me it's it doesn't mean i wouldn't have done it but like it was i was definitely less looking towards it but then you know i get less incentivized i mean yeah. honestly yeah. like let, let's let's be real here we're we all love hearing the sound of our own voice on <laughs> on our favorite podcast you know what i mean yeah. so like if if there's no chance of that happening then yes it's going to incentivize us you know to even if we have a great idea it's like oh, i'll get to it next week yeah no uh, our um um the the pirate radio thing actually uh uh back a little behind the curtain on that I had started having a couple of ideas and I mentioned it to Andrew and, and, um, and then I get a DM from uh, beep count asking if I was doing a shanty. And I was like, I've got an idea, but I just found out that it's Robin Hood and little John walking through the forest. Like that was the, that was the <laughs> tune. It was way too close. And uh, I hate that. I've, I've written an entire chorus to a Katy Perry song by accident one time. <laughs> that I don't hear it once. <laughs> I heard it once and like two weeks later, I'm in the shower and I'm like, oh, wow, wow, this is good. Jane, bring me my phone. And and she brings me a phone and I do the voice recording on it. So I remember the tune. And then by the time I get out of the shower, I'm like, that's a damn Katy Perry song. <laughs> but um, uh, okay, but, but, but yeah, so, so I started, I started, you know, this, this whole, this, this idea. And, uh, but, but then I realized the tunes Robin Hood, you know, for one of the songs from Robin Hood. And then, um, but then, uh, uh, will sent me um your actual pirate radio song and that really it got it got the com the, com the competitive fires and like within 36 hours of you sending me that i had pirate radio anthem written and right. and right. a scratch copy of it recorded um and uh it, it was originally i just wanted to do an instrumental piece for the big suey because he because i was like you know they had all the yar yo ho yo i was like they need music behind this and, yeah, and so yeah, like I agree. I I started toying around with this new orchestration, virtual instruments and stuff that a friend put uh, put me onto, and and so I had this whole tune. But by the time I had the the rough sketch of that, I had words. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it turned into this whole, you know, kind of Dropkick Murphys meets Twisted Sister, um, a, a Green Day thing. And so, but yeah, so being able to do original stuff that was a new twist that a year ago didn't even consider. And we'll see what this next year brings. How often do you guys talk to each other to collaborate on music or, or, or give each other ideas Never. on what you're doing? Because <laughs> hey, you just you just said you talked to Will. Uh, Will sent you his pirate radio, um, his anthem uh, on pirate radio, and they sort of inspired you well, to create your own. So how often do you guys like say, hey, 
I've been working something out and I want to get an idea um, what you think or is there any way I can improve on this or not? I, I don't, do? I think at the time, uh, Yeti and I were in a group chat together and I may have sent it to everybody or just sent it to the other guys who I knew were like just musicians, just because uh, I, I just, again, it was just such a spur of the moment thing because I, I have not been doing parodies like these guys have. Um, I uh, have done them and posted them on my personal Twitter, but not centered around, uh, like I recorded Butthole Sun and just some other very stupid <laughs> songs. Uh, like, the word uh, Butthole, in, in, by the way, underrated. <laughs> uh yes uh so like depends I, on the circles I, you run in <laughs> i did like a uh i did like a, a anthony kiedis impression um song like uh just this red hot chili peppers parody about getting vaccinated um that was very stupid all of this shit is very stupid but i i, I can't hold a candle to these guys as far as musicianship and stuff i i can sing i know i can sing which is why i so eagerly attacked the sea shanty because i can you know i can uh i i felt like i could at least like you know uh, uh hold down that that vibe for that type of song but uh when it comes i think we all kind of uh like i've bounced loose ideas off of people before but as far as the actual creative process all of us like to be in the captain's seat uh for our individual creative processes so uh that's why i don't think any of us are very good at taking other people's ideas like i've gotten lots of dms from fans of the show saying you should do this parody you should do that parody and it's like unless you come up with the idea it's very hard to take one on commission basically and and take somebody else's idea and make it as funny as you want it to be in order to release it under your name i was that way with dating too you could take like <laughs> this gorgeous you know woman and if, if like my dad or someone's like she's a really nice girl I'm like nope it's over it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and, right, uh, right 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 nope. right it's not like Mike Ryan's grandfather and father. What is it? Grandfather and great grandfather thing? I got He's so lost in that. I did too. That, that's father. calculus that's way above my grade. <laughs> sisters or married that's sisters. A, I think it would be close to home considering where I'm from. But that's no. the most, yeah, that's the most uh, Latin thing I've ever heard. I'm like, <laughs> like you are Latin. <laughs> <laughs> those uh those branches in that family tree are very much crisscrossed and growing into each other and unless robin williams actually stuff. is in the picture then you know I mean, yeah, who knows <laughs> luckily he was you know an only child and his wife is greek so there's no right. to worry about. oh that. no 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 trust me i thought my wife and i had zero chance of being related considering her you know her grandpa on her mom's side immigrated from russia or his parents did and um her grandma immigrated from england so like you know her mom was like pretty much first generation in the united states and her dad i don't know but it, we found out we did our ancestry we found out we're like 12th cousins <laughs> damn it i'm a stereotype but oh, uh anyway <laughs> but, uh, no it's yeah. not even no, white guys translucent <laughs> guys if you do <laughs> anyway um but no but as far as collaboration <laughs> yeah a lot of it i mean like look that's one of the things I've actually admired about Lauer After Hours is they've had so many people and have been able to pretty much keep it all together. A lot of the core group. Um, it, it, it's one of the reasons I started my own show is like, I need to be able to call the shots. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, I'm too selfish to, to, you know, 
if I'm going to invest a lot of time into something, I need to kind of be able to call my own shots. And it's something I'd wanted to do for a while anyway. And it's just doing a couple episodes of hour after hours. I was like, I can do this. Okay. It just got, it kind of got the ball rolling. And so, um, but, but uh, Andrew and I, we pretty much do things almost all by ourselves, like, you know, as well. Um, and sometimes we, sometimes we'll notify each other. I pictured you both. I pick, keep on picturing you both like the, like, Lennon and McCartney just sitting down at a table well, here's and feeding off of one another, like lyrics and stuff like they that. They didn't write, co-write as many songs as you think. They co-wrote a lot of them, but like a lot of it was they might have 90% of an idea and the other one just finishes it off. Um, and and, uh, and then they- Rhyme Jude they with that. Jude. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so like, um, but, but like, so most of the time I'll- share an idea with Andrew so quick because we're on such the same wavelength that I kind of want to just that's me planting my flag this is my idea before you I'm doing this before you can come up with it I I was so surprised that no one ever thought of uh that as a fine to for the longest time like I like that's how paranoid I am not paranoid paranoid enough to you know not sit on it for four years after I had the initial idea or three years or however long it was um but Still, you're, like, you're doing the the poor man's uh copyright where you're mailing yourself a letter oh, with. Uh, have you, you ever know, done that? I have. Yeah, I've not done oh, that, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I've my, uh, yeah. My early, er, like my my original band when I first started writing songs, we have some of our original recordings mailed, and it's sitting at my dad at my my friend's dad's house. That's um, funny. In a sealed envelope, but uh, but yeah. So like a lot of times, will Andrew and I will tell us what we're, each other what we're working on, if nothing else right. than just to stake claim. But there there are times where we legitimately reach out and can you help me with this um uh the pfpi song was one um or sometimes i just said haven't hey here's an idea i want you to work with me on it uh marching band of nowhere i wrote that whole thing but i wanted i i wanted to involve him um and and you know different examples like that so um uh uh, uh pandemic p the 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 idea was mine but he wrote it before he had the whole thing written before i could even come up with the second line and so, like, that was his. You know, he gave he. And you guys have like no background in comedy, in, like improv. I mean, I did, I did at two all, years of theater in high school, but I mean, I was twenty plus uh, twenty three years ago when I graduated. So I was voted uh, best sense of humor in twelfth grade. That's 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 my background. That's that's not a lie, but that's my entire background in comedy. But here's the thing about you, Will. You happen to have some of the funniest posts in the world. So I keep on thinking, oh, this guy probably went to some UCB. Oh, Jesus God. Up right, Citizens Brigade or something or other. I did one semester community college at UNCD. That's UNC Dobson or other words, Surrey Community College. (laughs) And uh, that was the end of my college career. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, no, I I. So there's another podcast um, called The Daily Zeitgeist, and they've been on since 2017, I believe. So this is their fourth year going. And they're derivative from from Crack.com. Yes, the, the former the host of the Cracked podcast and former founder of Crack.com, Jack O'Brien, hosts it with a guy named Miles Gray. It's a hilarious like daily news um, kind of roundup, and they have a different guest each day. And at the top of the show, they introduce themselves with an uh, – they, they say their names, and then they say AKA, and then they – 
like have some AKA and I started writing musical ones, parody introductions. Um, I've done entire verses from going the distance by cake. Welcome to the jungle, Biggie Smalls, like every song you can imagine. I have written out AKs. I did one to a new Kanye song today. Uh, the verse where he uh, says, uh, guess who's going to jail tonight i wrote uh who's getting taco bell tonight because they both like taco bell and like so you know like i take bits of their personality and and turn them into little miniature parodies at the top of the show that's where i get 99 percent of my i'm thinking of stupid lyrics to everything out of my system constantly because it's such a quick fix every day on twitter for me to like have a line come up with a line and then just immediately tweet it to him and like format it takes me maybe like 30 45 minutes it's like a little puzzle it's like i'm doing a it's like my version of a crossword puzzle every day um and instead of like these guys are crafting like the production on their music is incredible and stuff but i'm i'm getting my little quick fixes you know what i mean <laughs> like i'm getting i'm doing my little lines first thing in the morning and, and these guys are like <laughs> are are you know are are cultivating things over the you know the the course of days and weeks while i'm i'm getting my little quick hits i will say someone you don't have on here who actually lyrically as far as people who have sent me ideas in the past um lyrically dead on point is is gabe the guy uh, rage against twit um, yes yeah he uh his his voice isn't that great for singing but when, when he did that j cole thing i really think he found his groove that's that's kind 100%. of that's kind yeah. of his lane um and uh, I think that that fits what you can do lyrically, though, like everything he sent me has been lyrically, like really on point. And um, so like, but but yeah, a lot of the ideas we get out there are difficult to work with, too. Not not so much that it's, you know, not our idea, but like it's also it's, it's not a lot of more difficult to work with. Um, it's also the thing where like if, I've never done this. So I would never, because I'm just like, as someone that doesn't zip their toe in, in, in the arena, I would never go and, and, and do that because it's like, well, if you think that's so easy, go do it yourself. And then the <laughs> other thing is don't throw that out there. And then let's say you somebody actually does it, whoever you DM the idea to. And then, you know, there's going to be a, a person that's going to be like, that wasn't what I had in mind. What I wanted you to do yeah, was that, 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 that. <laughs> and that's where it always comes back to, okay, then then you go and you, it's like, no, because I don't have the talent. Then, you know, just give me the likes, give me the retweets, but don't give me the suggestions. Cause, that's like, you know? when, when, whenever I, I play a, a cover song, like on a guitar, and somebody tells me that's not how they play it, I want to hit them over the <laughs> fucking head with that guitar so bad. Like, if you want to hear the song in its original format, there's lots of streaming services for that shit. This is how I play it. Either listen to it or shut the hell up, right. you know? <laughs> right. Um, now, Will, uh, is Bandolero still going? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we are. That, we got a show at the beginning of October, actually. Awesome, awesome. So, like, who's the primary songwriter there? I am. How do you go? I, I, what What's your process with going about original music there? Uh, just there isn't a tried and true one. Um, I kind of wish I did have a formula for it actually, but it's honestly, it's just coming up with a riff that sounds gnarly and then, uh, just 
adding to it and adding to it. It's just like, you know, building anything, you got to start somewhere and, you know, turn that. Okay. That sounds like a good, uh, uh, this riff is, is popping enough that this can stand on its own. We need something a little more subdued that I can actually sing over that isn't you know that, that's my vocals aren't you know I mean you know what I'm talking about Yeti you've played in bands before you know you've got to have the rhythm part for the where the vocals would go you need a nice bed for that um and then just uh just you know it then that's when it turns after you have a couple parts or after I come up with a couple parts or Clayton the lead guitarist does then you 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 turn it into the collaborative effort part where everybody is writing their own their own parts to to each of the songs so it's uh you know and and sometimes we've written entire songs in one practice and sometimes it's a month long process you know it's just a uh, uh every song is different what what usually comes first for you music or lyrics uh music yeah always yeah yeah um now do you is it just stuff that just happens is it all happenstance for you or do you have to sit down and actually like dig into it uh and say i'm going to write a song or i need or I at least need to try to put in some work it is is what you said as far as being in the shower um and like suddenly inspiration strikes and you need your phone and like i have so many stupid as hell sounding mouth guitar things on like in the notes app the voice memos app it like going back and listening to them later it makes me want to crawl out of my skin because of how stupid i sound the worst one my wife gets the phone and decides to pull that out she just laughs at me it's so bad it's so silly so stupid yeah the the um there's actually i'll, I'll have to pull this up in a second um but yeah the, the the a lot of it especially when i first started writing was kind of like magic um this, right. it's like i equated it to these songs are already written and sitting on an imaginary shelf somewhere and they're just right, waiting right. for me to come and grab them off the shelf that's right. how easy a lot of it happened in the beginning and I, but I wonder how much um, would I have been able to write? Because there were sometimes like my guitarist was like, sit down, you're writing a song right now. Right. Like he had an idea is like, get out of bed. You're, we're going to write. Um, and th- there were two or three songs like that where I had to put in legitimate effort. But like I was listening to an interview. I'm, I'm a big time Jason Isbell fan mm-hmm. and his wife, Amanda Shires as well. She's my current celebrity crush. Do you happen to see the latest episode of Billions? Jason he was on it. Wrong. No, I haven't seen the episode, but I saw I saw a clip the other night that he was on it. Yeah, um, so I'm big time fan of his, and I've listened on to separate interviews. I listened to Amanda on uh, Chris Shiflett. He's the lead guitarist for Foo Fighters. He has a podcast called Walk in the Floor, and he interviewed Amanda, and um, and then Rick Rubin has a podcast with Malcolm Gladwell, all of all people, uh, called Broken Record. It's incredible and i listened to recently listened to an interview they had with jason and they both talked about how they deliberately get up and write like she she has a closet built into her house where she goes and writes her songs and like she makes it deliberate work and jason said it's he says if you are paying attention you're going to be inspired so if you if you feel lack of inspiration he's like it's because you're not trying you're not trying to be observant to the things in your life to the things around you um and uh if um but but if if you're not um if you're if you're not uh and so if you're having trouble with inspiration a lot of it could be you're not you're not putting it in he's like so he's like i work for the songs i get and and so he he said something along the lines of that it's basically like 
he has to be deliberate. And if you are deliberate and you are paying attention to the things around you and you have the talent, you can do it that way. So I am curious if I were to ever actually make the time. It's not that I don't have the time. It's I'd rather sleep in. Um, or, you know, yes, I get up for 5.45 in the morning for work. Um, I, it's because I'd rather sleep until that alarm instead of get up half an hour earlier to try to do something. Or I'd rather goof around in the studio at night instead of spending some time to try to try to write. Um, I wonder what it would be like if I did over time put in that actual work. I don't know. I also think and I understand I understand where he's coming from. However, that's what he does for a living now. He's very fortunate to be able to do that. I take a little bit of umbrage whenever I hear anybody just tell me that it's because like you're not putting in that like Motherfucker, I got a lot of shit to do during the day. Like I have, I have like, like my, my world doesn't revolve around this thing. I, I can play music. I can sing. I can do all this stuff. The... You're raising three sons. You're a yeah, exactly. man. You're an ordained minister. You, you, you got I have so many podcasts to listen to. Just... <laughs> exactly. Like, like I got, I got a lot of cars to detail. I mean, like I, I am trying to make sure I have health insurance. You know what I mean? Like right. th- there's, there's a, uh, I just don't like the framing that you could be successful enough if you just try hard enough because that's not true with a lot of things in 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 life in general not just him and I know I know he's not coming from any place that oh, of, yeah. of he's of not Ill saying anyone can be a songwriter right he's right, just right. saying but like if you really want to be like a consistent songwriter right. you know that might be what you have to do and yes that's that's his job um, but, but yeah, I, I'm just curious, would I be able to do that? Cause yeah. in the beginning it happened so easy. Then I got married and I got happy. And it was hard to write. It was hard yes. to write when I wasn't single just and t- miserable. Just tell your wife to pick at, to pick at <laughs> to your cause, Yeah. Just That's tell all. your wife to, to make you miserable. Well, so when I started writing again, 10 years later, she started getting worried. Do you need to see a therapist? And I, was like, I was like, I was like, no, I think I've just figured out how to tap into some of the same themes. Sure. And it's, I'm not writing anywhere near like I used to. I mean, I used right. to do a couple songs a week when I was 19, 18 and 19. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, so I, but, but I, I am able to write a song. And, and that's one of the things I love about working with Greg and Chris on the Greg Cody show is, yeah, they might be little jingles like Brill Cream and LA's Diner, but those are original songs that, yeah. That, yeah. that I get, you know, Greg says, I'd like to do this. And I'm actually, and I, okay, well, let's see what we can do. And I try it, and it works. Now, Nelly's Diner is a little bit of a cheat code, though. I I wrote that tune in an Albertson's checkout line um, in Seattle in two th- January of two thousand seven. What? Um, they that's they, they said something about chicken cutlets on their little. They had a little TV playing ads at the checkout line. It said something about chicken cutlets, and instantly, within two seconds, uh, instantly within two seconds, it's an oxymoron. <laughs> but almost instantly. I uh I just had this thing hit me. It says, "It's the taste of chicken cutlets that make you feel <laughs> at home," and it didn't happen to my head first. It I sang it out loud, and the guy at the cashier was just kind of like, just really wondering why haven't I been loved enough in my life? And and my best friend who I'm sitting there is like, "This is par for the course," but. <laughs> 
but yeah, so, but like, so that was a little bit of a cheat, but still, um, but like be able, being able to do Brill Cream. And then we just recently did the Lobos Hard Knocks theme. That's, that's a full on orchestration I'm working on that I hope to actually release someday once I finish the thing. But that, these are original ideas that I'm actually being commissioned to do or challenged to do right. and it's happening. And so it's like, I'm really loving this creative outlet real, real quick. Um, I found that this is my wife making fun of me on, um, uh, on, uh, on my voice memo. Yeah, that's that's why it's it's not good to let her get a hold of my phone when I'm in that's the shower. So funny because she so, just makes uh, fun of me. So on on that kind of on on that line of of discussion about like being commissioned to do something, um, I had a comedian, a very funny stand-up comic named Sophia Alexandra, um, uh, reach out to me about doing a jingle for one of the tracks on her um uh albums called father's day and she had the lyrics uh and she just wanted it you know to sound like a, a little just a very short like 10 15 second jingle and it was so much fun to come up with don't have a dad well now you do call 855 dad for you and then it goes into her little infomercial thing and then and then it plays again on the way out. And uh, and I had a blast. Like it took me like an afternoon to come up with the jingle and do the instruments behind it and stuff. Um, but it's you know, it like uh, along those lines, Yeti, like little little things like that, like when a when a professional is actually coming to you and asking for professional service when it's not just somebody reaching out with like a half cocked idea, but like somebody who is like, you know, uh, at the top of their game at whatever they're doing. It's like, it, it's, it's a great feeling. Like it's, it's a very electrifying feeling and it's good to be able to tap into that, uh, when you don't have the misery of being an angsty teen or, <laughs> you know, uh, a single dude in his twenties, uh, with no prospects, you know, to right. From. No, I'll tell you when I'll speak for Andrew right here, when, when he came up with the fancy lad idea, say Andrew and I don't call each other. I don't have mm. his cell phone number. Um, or any phone number for him. I thought you guys grew up together. No, I, I never met Andrew until I was 22 when I met his sister and wanted to date her. And he just happened to be around every time I'd try to take her on a date. Um, but uh, he he's he, Andrew's like, yeah, yeah. He he's he's like 60. He's Andrew's six years younger than me. We grew up in the same area, but we didn't meet each other until. But yeah, we've known each other now for, I mean, 19 years. It'll be 19 years like any day now. Um, yeah. And so. Uh, but but yeah, we, I just don't have his number. He has mine, but I doubt he, he'd have to go through his messages on Facebook Messenger to find it. Just from when he was coming to visit me, I'd send him my number just in case they lost cell signal or something or lost data connection. Um, but we will occasionally voice call each other. We've finally cheated and broken that and we'll voice call each other on Facebook Messenger. But that's kind of one of our, our little gimmicks that we like to keep up, even with just a joke within our own selves. Um but uh, but he sent me a voice memo on Facebook Messenger, just laughing. He was so thrilled to have come up with this dumb idea about Chris Whittingham is a fancy lad. And then within an evening, he had the whole thing put together with the clown horn and everything. That's what sells it. I mean, like the whole jingle is great, but the little horn at the end is just is perfection. And it's it's even yep. just to do some three second thing like that is just to be creative like that is so much fun and so rewarding um well jose what's something you do for creativity i used to write poetry um nowadays i haven't really done that for a long time last time i what i used to do i was this goes into a conversation that you had with lorenzo a while back 
you guys talked about Koji Kondo. I'm a huge fan of Nobuo Uematsu, which if you play Final Fantasy, he's a composer of all their instrumental stuff. And what's amazing about him is he actually has these big symphonic orchestras where he tours around the world playing symphonic versions of the themes of Final Fantasy and music. And, and there's like millions of people all over the world that go to see him live. So I used to basically put in one of his piano versions of a soundtrack and I used to do just free write to it. And I just like whatever, whatever just came on my into my brain through, and let it flow into my pen. And I haven't done that in ages. Obviously, like you said, once you start finding different things and your your whole life gets invaded by all these different things, you know, it's and that's stopped a long time ago. So it's mostly like just listening to podcasts now and just and messaging people that I really admire named Yeti Blanc or 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 at Waffle House or at Andrew Streeter, who, like I said, is avoiding the hot seat. <laughs> And basically gritting my teeth when I hear them talk about music. And I'm like, I really want to have conversations with you. How can I ask you about your opinions on, Pat- on Patty <laughs> Smith? Why are why do I think that the Beatles are overrated, but you guys don't? I need answers to this. So I keep on like, I keep the other and, and why is Jeanette like one of the most intelligent people I know, especially regarding sports? But it's like. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I feel like my, cre- I want to be able to break back into being creative again. And I was thinking about model building again, which is um something that I used to do. I, I built model Gundams from Japan. Did you say model Gundams. condoms from G-U-N-D-A- Japan? G-U-N-D-A-M-S. <laughs> if you've ever seen the anime. Whoop a Gundam style? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, so the lucky for me that the models themselves are number based, but then they give you instructions in Japanese. And I'm like, I'm just going to follow the numbers <laughs> and basically hope that they fit in. And I built, I built them and given it away to kids and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I hope they treat it well. Building Japanese condoms and giving them to kids. Thanks, Jose. You're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, I've just been reading a lot. But that makes me wonder what does Jeanette do for creativity purposes? I call uh, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti a bum on Twitter. <laughs> Gonna get put on a watch list. There was a time where I stopped though, because I feared, you know, uh, persecution by LAPD and whatnot. Because you know how those politicians are so thin-skinned and they have all these resources <laughs> to find you. And then I just figured, you know what? I just won't pay my property taxes. But uh, that didn't last long, you know. But I've resumed it, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna be sad when he's not our mayor anymore. But thank God, there's lots of politicians to call it's grifters, true. bums, and assholes out there. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. It'll never stop. I'll tell you, Greg, <laughs> I'm engaged to one of the most creative persons I know. She not only knits, she sews and does paintings and do all these things. And I'm like, well, my, my creativity says completely creative side of my brain has completely shirked to just basically wanting to do interviews with people that I find interesting and I really like. So, <laughs> so I'm like, I don't longer have works, to draw. Works. doing doing the podcast stuff has been very rewarding too like it's it's fun to have just conversations with people and to 
see if you can do it. Well, so, I used to I, do it a do, while Do ago. I have some, am I able to produce something that I enjoy listening to at minimum? And maybe a couple other people do too. For sure. But I need to challenge Jeanette. Jeanette, you also left off that you're a Twitter <laughs> no, sharpshooter. Um, but, but no, but, but real, for, for real, what, and I'll tell you, the reason I wanted to ask Jose this, and, and I'm glad he spun it to you, my friend Kelsey, um, since we kind of on the topic of creativity, I've got a friend Kelsey, her brother's like Sniper. my best friend for life for, for, you know, for a long, long time now. And, um, he's Jordan Rudd. He's the guy who hosted our Halloween oh, yeah. episode with me. Um, and, uh, Jordan, he's, he's the best, but his sister, Kelsey, who is an art history major, I think I can't remember, but she once said something that we are all makers. And you know, she's a really cynical person a lot of times. So it was funny. To, it was interesting to have, see, hear something so encouraging come from her. But she was like, we are all makers. We just have to figure out what it is that, you know, what, what it is that we're making. What are, we all have the ability to be creative. And so many people write that off within themselves. We kind of think, oh, I'm not that. I'm not. I mean, I, I saw it. Man, I saw it with my mom. My mom was so good. She she could sew anything. Jose mentioned his fiance being being able to sew. Like my mom, there I would have been naked as a little kid if my mom didn't know how to sew. And she made some pretty good clothes. She got hired to do wedding dresses, and she still feels down about herself. Like as far as her ability to do things, she's a great pianist, and and like she she's she's she has all these talents, and she really squandered a lot of them and that, that that makes me sad but like i think that was what i think why kelsey's comment resonated with me so much that we are all makers but we have to realize that so what is something that you make whether you know outside of tweets and calling people bum and there is an art to that um so what, what is something another creative outlet um, for you truly i don't really think i have too much creativity i'm not a singer i'm not a dancer i am not a writer no no, I've heard you sing. No, before. I don't. I don't sing. I don't. I don't. I heard you singing the Mr. Paul jingle. Mm-hmm. No. All right, hold on, hold on. Something I I do know is that a a professional writer has commented to you on your handwriting or complimented you on your handwriting. <laughs> oh. Pin that in your profile. Oh yeah, I was yeah I was trying to work. Um, uh, what is it? I was just trying to get some free pens from Pilot. You know, that was, that's what that was. So it, <laughs> yeah, sorry, pal. And I kind of yeah, ran so off with that I was one just like, well, you know what? I'm going to write this thing to Greg Cody, but I'm also going to put my trusty, you know, G2s on there. <laughs> and, you know, that, that was, that's about it. But no, that, that like, I don't do like calligraphy. That's you know, just my own handwriting. But um, no, and like, I guess maybe there are times where you do look at um, circumstance and you or you do, you do have the what if, because a lot of I think uh, reasons why maybe I don't have those creativities was I didn't grow up with resources, because, of, you know, I grew up uh, oldest of four single mother. So it would have been incredibly unfair for me to say, hey, mom, I want to play an instrument and take money from from our house you know, whatever our need would be for me and then for my siblings not to have that same opportunity or like whatever. Or or maybe it should have been an instrument that the four of us could have simultaneously played like a really long keyboard piano. (laughs) 
a tandem clarinet. <laughs> a <laughs> That's a three funny foot long harmonica. <laughs> tandem tandem flute. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's a visual. <laughs> I think also like not just the actual monetary resources sometimes, but just having someone to show you the first one, two or three chords on a guitar, a G, C or D. Like my dad was not a guitar player, but he knew how to fret a G chord. So when I mentioned I wanted to play guitar, he got me the guitar, but also like I, I could have borrowed a guitar from a friend of mine, you know, but just having someone in the house that I was growing up with to show me how to play that first chord to get me started is like quite oftentimes mm -hmm. like that. That's even more valuable than the monetary aspect, because how many Two you know, in my house uh, right cheap now. acoustic guitars <laughs> are sitting in closets after, you know, uh, you know, the kids saying that they want one for their birthday or Christmas or something. Right. I think right now we, we are like more than ever because of all sorts of reasons that I won't necessarily get into because of politics or politics <laughs> or whatever. But there's so much pressure to put to monetize any kind of creativity that you have. Like anytime that you enjoy something, there's always the immediate work. question you ask yourself of you like, nice how do I make combo? money off of this? And if I'm not making money off of it, should I What's, be spending time? Oh, there's the oh, you were in the Joy and Center. That is a huge, uh, 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 huge issue. <laughs> <laughs> you, you so i mean yeah, i know you guys know exactly what i'm talking about yeah the the jort the jort center pin yes uh very nice very nice yeah it's it's uh like there's there's just with everything though like podcasts are kind of built into the media landscape you know like that is kind of you're kind of expected if somebody wants to sponsor you then you you know awesome fantastic you get to make a little money at it or you know you have people that support your show like uh Jeanette wonderfully does with Jort Center becoming a, a Patreon subscriber um but like even even I'm just well I'm just waiting for the day that you say I'm a huge fan of yours Jose and I'm gonna go see if I can find a Golem May Fong like Jason <laughs> yeah, don't, don't years, that from the autograph it and send it okay. your way. I'll say to my number one fan. Jose, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of yours. I support everything that you do. Now it's on you. You've got that. That's recorded. That's recorded. No. Anyway, y'all know what I'm talking about, whether it's knitting, whether it's pottery, whether it's photography. It's like, I really enjoy doing this thing, but I, now, now comes the anxiety with how do I make money off of it? And that ruins a lot of people's creativity by putting that pressure on yeah. themselves. And, and I'll say like, even if it's things at work, uh, that's, I've made a lot of the moves that I've made at work have been uh, the, the positive moves have been because I was willing to apply some creativity to problem solving. Um, and, and, sure. and that could be your, that could be your thing. Um, whether, you know, like there, like there's the, because there's a lot of stupid at work. There is, you know, and and that's great opportunity for someone who is a problem solver to come in and 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 make, you know, make advancements in their own career by fixing this simple, stupid things, because there are so many little things that are such easy fixes that just people haven't fixed because it's well, this is the way we've always done it. And so apply a little yeah. creativity. Don't be afraid to ask people things and don't be able, don't be afraid to say, Hey, this isn't working. Here's a solution. You know, I mean, it, it can apply there. It can apply in how you run your household. Um, 
Uh, Jeanette, you mentioned, you know, a lot of times being had, having limited resources. I mean, I grew up and I'm the oldest of seven. You know, dad could not afford <laughs> anything, that, you know, what we had. But a lot, so a lot of, I mean, like that's a lot of my mom's creativity was shown. And I think this is where I get a lot of it too, by just having to make ends meet with, with within a, a st- strict set of rules, i.e. your income. And it not meeting the, you know, and finding a way to still make the ends meet when you actually don't have enough resources to do oh, it. Oh, yeah, trust me. I know um, a lot of things you can do with beans. <laughs> yeah. That still stick with yeah. me to this day. <laughs> yeah. Well, think, think of, there's so many luxury dishes out there now. Because things that, that people pay high dollar for. People pay high dollar for ramen. People pay high dollar for ramen now. Yeah. You know, you, you just put a fancy yeah. little bow on it and hey, it's it's high class ramen. It's still freaking as ramen. As long as it looks that could go yeah, to, as long as it looks good on Instagram, that's what's going to pick up. So that that's Right, right. But like but I think a, a lot of like like th- there are so many dishes that like uh, at Latin restaurants that are really just basic staples that you know, I'll go and I'll pay 15 bucks for a plate of that, you know? And, uh, and, or if you, if you you make it really high end looking and put it in Brooklyn, you know, people are going to pay $58 for a plate of that, you know? And, uh, and so like, but that's people taking their creativity from their limited means and spinning into something really Yeah. There was a time where I thought about becoming an Instagram model, but, uh, there's there's not, there's not really a, I mean, they have all, there's not a women of all different sizes become trying to get the joke you know influencers let the joke sit i'm just so yeah i I was gonna say there's not really much of a market for my body type but uh, i you know what i hear that only fans is still going to be very much uh (laughs) unrestricted so uh i don't know i'll just have to like buy a mask or something so it doesn't come back to me the donda that's the other donda (laughs) 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 oh um jose well uh, go for it i have a question i have a question for you both but i know yeti you said you're reserving this for yeah yes, we've got yeah, no. yeah yeah go ahead so but, i'll so i'll ask will the question but you i'll, I'll steer it towards something else okay. then so we'll go first starting with you what was the first song that you ever heard that you said you know what i want to learn to play that mm-hmm. and for you yeti um what was the first song you learned to play? Or is you know, and the same, and we'll you can answer that question too. Well. The first song that, huh? It's a good question. That's hard. I honestly, I don't know. I'll just I'll make up an answer, and we can pretend like this is the truth. Um, how? Summer of House of the Rising Sun. Uh. I grew up hearing basically the songs that I wanted to learn to play first were the songs that I heard my dad drunkenly <laughs> sing my entire childhood. Uh, so uh, Under the Boardwalk, um, House of the Rising Sun. Uh, uh, Which version of House of the Rising Sun now we're talking about? This is where Jose yeah, goes real deep. Oh, <laughs> oh, just the animals. Yeah, it, it just... just uh, because you have Joe Baez, you have Bob Dylan. Oh, I've never heard any of the other versions. Uh, you have Nina Simone singing "House of the Rising the, Sun." The animals, I can, I can yeah, no, uh, that. Um, uh, let's see, David Allen Coe, "Perfect Country and Western Song," or "You Don't Call Me by My Name," whatever everybody knows it by. Um, uh, family tradition. I'm trying to think again. Uh, 
my dad, I grew up, my dad plays dulcimer. Um, and I, he also played this thing called a Omnichord. Um, and an Omnichord is this lap instrument. Um, it's made by, uh, what is it? Wait, I'm blanking. Is it Panasonic? Uh, I, can't I don't know because my brain, brain went to auto right harp now. and that's not the same thing. No, no, this is different. So uh, the Omnichord is made by Suzuki. Excuse me, I knew I knew that wasn't right. Suzuki Omnichord is this. He saw. He went to see. Um, uh, is it Devo? Yeah. Whip yeah, it? that's Devo. Yeah. He yeah. saw Devo play in like 1978 and on stage. Look up what I'm talking about, Yeti. If you've got a computer uh, near you or a screen, I'm on it. Uh, he saw them play all these buttons on it and this metal strip and he would get plastered and just play this thing for hours. He'd hook it up to his PV bass amp and just play every song you could think of uh, on this Omnichord because it has like built in pattern. Like oh, my brother has one stuff. of these. Yeah. 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 And so you can play lead on it. You can play chords. You can play like rhythms and stuff. And he would play all of these, all of these songs. And House of the Rising Sun was one of them. So I also <laughs> have a very similar vocal style to my dad. So it was this song. I, when I sing House of the Rising Sun, First. it's the loudest fucking song you've ever heard anybody sing because you have to build that shit. Similar to yours truly doing that karaoke. Two times before. Yeah, it's like it's it's very it's very loud. So that was one of the first songs I learned to play and sing on guitar. So we'll go with House of the Rising Sun. So Jose, I can answer answer that question because the the question I thought you were hitting us with was what was the first song that made you want to like do music and everything. That's something I'm saving for a later uh, epic. We've got a whole project based around it um, that hopefully we get to bring to fruition next summer um, on Yes Maybe No. Um, but uh, but but as far as like the first, I, I don't know the first song that that I wanted to learn to play. I remember trying to learn tabs um, with my friend. I'm going to slip into my my home accent here. With my friend Kevin Seacrest, um, he played the drums, and we we were in like junior high. We, I mean, we, from kindergarten on to like junior high together. And well, I don't know what happened to him in high school. He kind of disappeared for a little bit. We've been we've talked since then, but still, he played drums and. Uh, he, um, I went over to his place and we tried, we had like a guitar world or something like that. And it had some tabs in it or something like that. And, uh, and I tried that. What's the frequency Kenneth by, by REM. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. Whenever I talk about Kevin, I have to slip into the old accent. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I remember trying to play what's the frequency Kenneth by REM highly underrated song, by the way, my gosh, it's so good. Um, but I, I, I it didn't happen. So the first song I learned how to play was, um, uh, Bad Moon Rising, Credence Clearwater Revival. Um, Hell yeah. That was just the first song where it finally clicked. Um, I had a friend, uh, John Jacobs, who let me borrow um, a good... Not quite. He stopped just short of that. Um, uh, but uh, he let me borrow uh, a guitar book that wasn't even his. It was our, our another guy at school, Jay Height, um, who played guitar really well. Jay didn't need the book anymore. Uh, but, and, but he just kind of gave it to me. This is Jay's, but you can have it. And, and But it just showed me. It numbered my fingers. You know, one, two, three, four. And it would show me, okay, for a for a G chord, this finger go, this number finger goes here, this one goes here, and 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 it just clicked, it just made sense. And then the so it was the summer of '96, summer of '96, it just kind of hit one day. 
it just and it just happened and then before you know it before the end of that summer i had ccr's greatest hits i pretty much had figured figured it all out by ear um and this is before this is right before i got into the beatles or was it uh 96 no i had just gotten into the beatles the the summer before or the the, the fall before um but yeah so if yeah ccr ba- uh bad moon or bad moon rising was the first song i learned how to play um you just made me realize where your love of the beatles probably comes in because you can appreciate the composite musical composition that that they made or they created even though they borrowed a lot from they at least gave credit um, but, unlike Elvis. but, but <laughs> The the, the late, late latter stuff that they that they the the effort it takes to be able to create music, whereas me being a listener of it, I may not I, I may not have as much of an appreciation for it. The first music um, time I heard the saxophone, I was blown away because I was in a marching band playing the drums. I could just I just remember hearing there was a Saints go marching in. I'm marching and I'm hearing behind me the saxophones playing and I'm like, oh my God, I was blown away by it because a lot of the music we listened to growing up happens to be merengue and bachata and stuff like that. So they're more guitars, um, trumpet, drums and all these different things. But the saxophone blew me away. The first time I really wanted to learn to play music was listening to Iron Maiden. Um, I just started listening to Iron Maiden maybe about I think in the mid-aughts, like around 2005 was when I went to my first actual concert, which was the, um, their, their, it was Live After Death, I think it was. I can't remember off the top of my head at the present moment. It's when they came out with the Brave New World album. And I'm like, I really want to learn to play the guitar. So the first song I started learning to play, what I think I told you was Lola by the Kinks, (laughs) which if you know the lyrics... (laughs) I, I love I love the story behind it and everything, which is not very two thousand one friendly, <laughs> but I thought it was such a like a very clever song, just like the um, "You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet" by the uh, BTO. Which if if you know the story behind that song, the reason why there's a stutter in the song is because the record owner, the the manager screw them out of money and they were making fun of his stutter in the song. So I started delving into like the, the, the history of music and stuff like that. Bachman from Bachman Turner Overdrive is the father of Tall Bachman who sang that travesty of a song. She's so high, high above me. She's so lonely. Yeah. Wait, who does that? Paul Bachman, the son of Bachman from Bachman Turner Overdrive. Oh, that yeah. that's it's not a band, it's just his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. That song has Paul always Bachman, annoyed okay. the crap out of me, but Yeah, that's a terrible song. <laughs> and the thing Fucking that that led me to, which I have asked you guys before if you ever listened to his music, Rory Gallagher. Now, I ended up buying um the it was it was Guitar World showing you how to play like 10 Iron Maiden songs, which I've tried to fiddle around before my uh 
My hey, I don't know how to play angle. guitar. Let me just go to speed metal. Here we go. You know, <laughs> you're, you're an ambitious fellow, Jose. Yeah, well, it's because they show you the tabs. It, well, what happened was I, I, I love Iron Maiden enough. I saw, oh, wow, we're going to play Iron Maiden. And they gave you a CD to be able to learn to play along with it. And you know how they have two rhythm guitars, two lead guitars, which they borrowed from Judas Priest. Because I believe Judas Priest was the first one to realize, hey, if we have two lead guitars and two rhythm guitars, we can amplify our sounds and sound even Skinner louder than first. we have a single person. <laughs> or or every <laughs> funk band that had like, you know, 80 people in, in the background, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bull man. <laughs> So that they gave Eagle, I think, I forgot Eagle Records or something or other. Eagle Vision gave a free CD of, uh, what is that? Uh, yeah, you sent that one to me. Performances yeah. from Mantra. And one of them happened to be, it happened to be Rory Gallagher. And I thought I was I've never just heard blown of Rory away. Gallagher. I never, I never did until Jose sent, sent me the track. He is, he is um, Ireland's greatest guitarist. And often when Jimi Hendrix would be asked, the stole story was Jimmy Hendrix was asked, who's the greatest guitarist you've ever heard or something or other. He said Jim, uh, Rory Gallagher. And um, it, it blew me away. But what ended up happening was they ended up sustaining uh, 16 herniations in my spine and I had to completely Shit. give up the guitar. So my admiration of you guys playing music and doing all these things, it's like, I can't do it, but at least these guys are creative enough to be able to do all these wonderful things with it. You can be, live through, through our proxy. It's really interesting to hear a lot of the processes that go into music. Um, I think one of the things that's happened probably in the past years is we're getting a lot of material of people's creative processes where it's getting documented. You know, so if you want to watch particular documentaries, it, it shows you what it takes to be a, a creative, um, especially for people that are either fans or, or lay people, where you see what an actual struggle, like how, how difficult it can be. And also why sometimes these people that are great artists suffer so much for for what they do, because it is draining. But then on the other side, you have people that are living off of reputation and it, you know you kind of now through appreciation you see that it's quite unearned how uh we're we're now giving more uh proof of just okay these people really weren't all that good back then and i think what comes to mind and i've heard uh will talk about it on george center is uh clapton and his writing skills especially with his anti-vax song so when you guys were talking about um how you have to be in love with writing to make your writing work as you know as a mu musician i thought of him and how he couldn't take a topic that he feels very strongly about and actually inject passion into it it's so it's because he stopped injecting or, years or, ago or Jeanette, that's um you know, if you didn't know, I mean, you know. He, he, <laughs> yeah, we have that place over here. What is it like in Malibu? It's uh, it's it's named after one of his songs or his band or something. Uh, 
Crossroads? Yes, that's what it is. Crossroads. There's a crossroads rehab out, out here somewhere or a couple of, of facilities. I'm sure they do great work and, you know, the people have come and, you know, it's helped their lives immensely, but good God. Or, or is that just like the, the pinnacle of like English anger is just, you know, poop in the rain? Because <laughs> that's what I think that song is, poop in the it's rain. So, it's so bad. <laughs> It's, so it's either terrible. poop in the rain or it's piss in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I'm not getting wet. The wind. <laughs> no, no, there's a song called Pissing in the Wind. wind. Or, do you not know that song? Oh, okay. now. I know. Yeah, you're, you're going I'm, to see, I'm right? breaking into, you, you see, you just ruined, <laughs> you ruined my Bob Seger moment. Yeah, All right, yeah, yeah. Greg. The, Greg with one G. <laughs> That's right, I went there. The, the appropriate spelling. <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded me, so I'll ask you these, these these two questions then. One, what is a band that you wish you were a part of for a year, or your dream lineup that you can, if you can create your dream lineup band? Meaning, it's either you join a band or you can pull musicians from a band and create your like super group. Starting with you, Will. Um. Hmm. One just sadly had a, had an opening. That yeah, I was. My mind went yeah. <laughs> of course, there's ZZ Top, but like, that that's a weird thing. So like, would I be the fourth member of ZZ Top for a year? Because that would be weird. That'd be like being the third wheel on a date. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that that just feels unnatural to me. So I would say probably like seventy three to seventy four with Skinnerd. That's what I'll say. Um, after after the first or second Skinner album uh, touring uh, with them, that that's who I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with um, it's uh, the the new band that I will create with Dave Grohl and Paul McCartney because that's what happened in a dream. They uh, told me to they gave me they told me to quarantine for two weeks. Um, Dave gave me a call and says quarantine for two weeks. Me and Paul are going to come and pick you up on a private jet and you're going to come and hang out with us and we're going to do stuff. And so that would be it. No, um, that was a dream I had though. Um, but uh, no, it, it would actually though it would be the Foo Fighters now. Uh, give me a year with the Foo Fighters just as part of that band. But a lot of that really is, I actually do have a life goal. I, I don't even really want to make music with Dave. I just kind of want to be his friend. I want our families to be friends. I want his daughters to offer my kids cigarettes if they if they choose you know to try. You know, if they end up smoking, which I hope they don't, but if they do, I want them to be the ones that try to influence my kids down negative paths, you know, um, stuff like that. No, but, but no, I, I want our wives to be friends. Like, I just think he'd be a really good guy to be a buddy with. And, uh, but no, but Foo Fighters, they have so much fun with everything they do. And, um, they, they just have this, they just have this lane that they're able to carve out. They have nothing left to prove, but yet they still work hard on making cool new stuff with every album. And, and like, they just, and continue to generate new fans year after year, which is a hard thing. Yeah. I mean, and, and so like, I mean, Dave's in his fifties, you know, and, and, and he's, Hey, have you seen Bruce Dickinson run on stage for Iron Maiden? Literally perform like the guy's okay. incredible. But that's just me. He's in but, but yeah, so it would, it would be so, so, so does Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger's still up there uh uh dancing and shit. The dude's gotta be pushing eighty at this point. <laughs> he is 
Jeanette, how about you? If you could join a, uh, if you can join a musical band for one year, you could play tambourine if you don't have any uh, musical instrument talent or anything, or you can write lyrics for their songs. What band would you join for one year if you could? Duh, Abba. Oh, that's the best answer. Great answer. Oh man, We're coming back, that baby. Is the best answer. And and because I have a. I started a feud with LA Times writer Bill Platschke, and that is one of his favorite bands. I would make it my mission to not let him into any of our shows. <laughs> Damn. Any of them. That's My cruel. daughter That's wrote a Dan Levitard parody to Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. When she, it, it, it was just more. Dan would sing, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme a massive burrito. That's all she did, but even she got the fat <laughs> joke in it. She's so mean. <laughs> You tell us about George Center since you, since you, my my bearded, cladded friend, have to go. Um, tell us about George. I, I appreciate you having me on again, Jose and Jeanette. Thank you so much. And Yeti, it's good to see your face. Yours by the as way. well. Um, uh, so uh, there's, I don't know what there is to even say about George Center. It's so stupid. <laughs> um, it's it's one of those. I don't even know how to describe it. Like it's just it's me and and four friends that I've had for a very long time, and I think we have really good chemistry and uh, give each other a lot of shit. But we all bring a list of topics that we want to talk about, and it's a free flowing conversation, which I know is not a very great selling point because that's what everybody does. Well, who who needs another? group of dudes talking about whatever they want to talk about but um the reason i started it is because these four guys are the four funniest human beings that i know and they are excellent don't listen to it for me i'm terrible like i just get us from one topic to the other but uh josh and ryan and dan and vic are all wonderful human beings and i love doing the show with them a lot um so yeah before you go, what's one piece of merchant memorabilia from a musician that you wish you had? Oh, shit. Um, the bat that Ozzy bit the head off of. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. I'm sorry I got to jump off of here early. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye, you guys. Bye. Greg, tell us about Yes, Maybe No. Are we getting another season of Yes, Maybe No? There will be more episodes. I, I don't know if we're going to call it a season three yet um, or not. There's really no point in even, th there's even really no point in even separating with seasons because we don't really change what we do. I, I liked the idea of calling it season two as a joke. Um, but, uh, so I don't think when we come back, it'll be considered season three. This was an unplanned break. Um, it just kind of started with, one week, hey, I, you know, I can't record this week, and then it just spun into. It's been a couple of months now. We just haven't been able to make it work. Um, there, we will be recording again. We were hoping to this week, but it that also didn't work. Andrew's just really busy. I've been really busy with different with. Yeah, yeah. I've been, well, I've been I've been busy with Greg Cody projects too. Like I said, it takes a lot of work to try to orchestrate, actually make an orchestrated piece of music. Um, like with with. 28 different you know strings and trumpets and different variations of drums and stuff and uh i've never done it before and so like i've been spending a, that that has taken up a good amount of my time but i've loved it i've absolutely loved it and i've been doing it on a, on a lackluster computer because my power supply crashed and so i had to go to an old power supply <laughs> that was weak so i would really stress my computer out there have been several times this summer where i thought okay this thing's this is it's going to bite the dust um I'm on a, I'm, I'm on an 11 year old machine. So, um, but, uh, 
but yeah, so, but, but yes, maybe no, we'll be back. Um, and, uh, I don't see us changing too much, but we, um, we will be, we'll be doing more episodes. Hope, hopefully we'll have, we'll have more recorded by the end of this month, hoping for, um, starting to release those by the beginning of October. I hope you guys keep on doing that, that call in segment where you have people call into your show. I absolutely loved it. That was I fun. Asking straight around North Carolina barbecue as a gag, because pretty much it's just like I'm saying, Oh, screw North Carolina or F North Carolina. Or whatever, not South North Carolina. I mean South Carolina. It's South Carolina. South, South Carolina. Carolina. Go straight you know, to hell. Just, just, um, just, just as you hear him say that, it, 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 it sort of hits a little place in my heart because I love Stephen Colbert, and was, I'm like, was, at least, at least we all know where the good barbecue is. It's in North Carolina, well, not South. Well, I think Colbert, I think, is from Charleston, and exactly. Charleston's exempt. Charleston, for the most part, is exempt. Um, and uh, and what's funny is, is you know, Andrew's cousin is the quarterbacks coach at Clemson. So he, you know, he lives and works in South Carolina. Um, and, uh, and I was just happy to be able to, um, drive through there a couple times in the last week and come out alive. Unscathed. <laughs> it's, it's, it's rare that that happens, but, um, but, uh, no, but, no gang of but, guys decided to take, rip you away from your wife and we, marry you we, to their we, cousin. We, um, we, we had to, you know, we had to work in a stealthy manner, but yes, we were able to to make that that work so no but yes maybe no we'll be back um we are going to start a new series now i know we we recently recorded another episode with twitter spaces Ooh. and that's been a lot of fun but the 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 audio quality is just so bad that i'm not i'm not even going to release that last episode um and uh, it's it stinks because it, but it was still at least fun to talk um with everybody and uh otherwise we would have had that episode out more recently but um we we did an episode on vacations and then Andrew went on vacation, and then I've been on another vacation since then. And we just haven't gotten back together to the, – the show took a vacation that we didn't plan on having. Nothing's wrong or bad. It's just just busy. But I can't wait. Like, like I can't wait to get back to recording that show and putting more creative um, – uh, input into those we will have a new series kicking off that will be a yes maybe no series called band camping where we'll be finding different bands uh, different groups and artists on band camp and finding music that we like reaching out to them and if they give us the go ahead we'll highlight their music um, that might become a weekly thing it'll be a monthly to begin with but it might become a weekly thing as well um, and that's something that Andrew and I will probably do most, if it does become weekly, we'll do it solo. Like I'll take a week, he'll do a week, that kind of thing. It'll be really fun. Um, it, it doing it has been it has reminded me of the early days of MySpace when MySpace was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You go, you just type in a city and look under artists, and you could find all these little local groups that have put together. You know, sometimes really crappy home recordings, sometimes decent little studio recordings. And it was in the, I remember that first month after I discovered MySpace, like I barely left my room because I was just looking up all this local music and it was fun. And doing this band camping idea, the, the research we've put into it so far, it's kind of reminded me of that. So it's been really cool. What have you derived from working with Greg, Greg Cody as an executive producer on the show? What, what fulfillment do you get from that? Doing that? Well, uh, I, not executive producer. That is Chris. So let, let's, let, let's not, uh, let's not get me. In I'm giving you a, I'm re- giving um, you a raise. Come on, man. <laughs> For the sake of accuracy. Um, I, I, I'm trying just, to just change, producer, I'm trying to pro- producer at most associate producer more is probably more accurate. What, but, but yeah, what, what have I gained from that? It's just been another avenue to, it's been a different challenge because it's a different show and I'm not the host. So having to learn how, as you've seen on this show, I have a hard time taking the back seat. Um, and, uh, um, 
and so like uh you know learning how to do that but it's also it's given me a different glimpse at greg and at chris and like chris is a really good manager he's really good at giving feedback he gives it instant um greg when it comes to his show is a is a good student when 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 he's trying to put effort into something um on like like i've mentioned before we started recording you know, the brill cream ad the nelly's diner ad doing the voiceovers for those he took every ounce of coaching I gave him and applied it quickly and like and it was good. I was so proud of him on the way he wrote those things and his delivery. It was dead on. And uh so being able but so getting to know them better is really cool. Working with people that have entertained me for years and actually being able to be involved in a creative process, it's awesome. Um but then the fact that they will give me ideas, hey, I'd like to see X happen. And I have to try to deliver on that. That's a challenge. And it's a fun one because it's something that like, okay, it's challenging my creativity. I walked into my day job the Monday after the freedom marathon. Mm -hmm. I was listening back to the Greg Cody segment of that. I had just, cause that was the, that week's episode was the, was, was our, the whole episode of the Greg Cody show was, was from that segment. And I was listening back to that as I was walking, cause I listen back to every episode I do. I'm always looking for you know feedback. Like, okay. Where do, you know what could I do better the next episode? Whether it's yes, maybe no, or or the Greg Cody show, or here, it's not just the narcissism of wanting to hear my own voice. That's part of it, <laughs> but um, uh, but but a lot of it also is okay. Well, what can I do different? Is there any? I try to learn from everything I do, and I was listening back to it, and I had the biggest smile on my face walking in the the building um that I work in, uh, going to my day job, because and I've never and I work for a good company. I've never had that much job satisfaction as I did coming off of that 24 hour marathon weekend. Um, it was just because I was getting to do something creative. That was, that was fun. That requires us to, to think it's hard work. Um, in just a different way than my day job is hard work and, and, and really a more rewarding way. I think with, and, um, so. with that particular part of like the freedom, when it got to to the Greg Cody show, I think the expectation was for it to be okay. Now you can kind of go to sleep, right? <laughs> so for him to kick, so for him to kick it off in the most um, absurd way with that, do I have reservations? And to wake up early, <laughs> and then to just you know to to just then I, I can't get in here because I mean left this mess and like whatever I was like no don't fall asleep go and then the doctor oh the with doctor, his wood so pen, good he was so and good his, and that is uh, with the basketball shorts yeah yeah uh, I'm I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> <laughs> the pause that he did before that, it was wonderful. Like, no, I, that the, was so the psychic. And oh, I was, was just, so good. you know, she's like, you're a hard worker, blah, blah. And I'm like, she does not really know Greg. If she's no, kind of no, no. I'm like, and, and that's that, generic that's is, psychic like, speak. Like, okay. And then after that, I was just like, like, I think that's the energy it was kind of like the second wind of the show or whatever for it to go. So it was great. And then after that, I, I, I laughed so much. I think it put me in a good space and I tried to pay attention and whatever. And wherever I fell asleep, I fell asleep, but it wasn't in that segment and it was great. And, uh, 
since you're coming aboard with with the with the podcast and i've been you know i've been listening more or less since like day one and it's really tricky to like go in to something like that inject your talent and your perspective put it through but also not change what works with the show so you've done you've, you've done that great because some people would i think it's hard sometimes to to make because you're not doing like a big change or anything but you're picking up on certain things that greg and chris won't because of the dynamic of their relationship and also whatever chris deems important or unimportant for the show and you as a fan of both of them and of the podcast you are kind of like let's amplify these jokes let's sing into this awkward a little bit more and then also for yourself to realize this is when I just need to shut up and let them do whatever they're doing. Because I remember when you were with on when we had drawn with Laura after hours, one of your things was like, I just want to know when to sh- sometimes I think I'll, the struggle will be when do I shut up and when do I just say, hey guys, don't forget about me. I'm kind of like the third wheel now. But you've been great. You've been great. You've been great. Yeah, that was the first that was the first bit of feedback he gave me was. You have, this is where you have to put on a different hat. You're not hosting this show. You have to be the third, you know, you're a third voice and you have to know when to get in, when to lay out, um, when to ask, a, be listening and when to ask a question that will help maybe get us unstuck um, from from a, a situation. And like that is feedback I've been so appreciative of. And like the fact that he didn't let me fail for a few weeks and let it build up any resentment or anything like that. He just immediately, like within an hour of our first recording, he gave me that feedback and I was just so appreciative of it because I've had managers, managers that I've loved too, that never give, give feedback that quickly. And, and, and there's, there's no emotion to it. There's no, it's nothing personal. It just, here's the feedback. Let's do, let's work on it. And it's been great. I love it. I love it. And, and like, you have to remember, Chris has been doing this every day for a really long time. He knows some stuff. He might be younger than me, but he's been doing this particular thing that a lot of us fall victim to thinking that we all can do it just as good some people can some people can some people just right out of the gate could probably do it just as good but most of us can't myself included Mm -hmm. and i can learn from the repetitions that he's had and um but there are different things about my personality that i can bring that he's been able to pick up on and uh and and it's just cool it's just really fun it's really rewarding to be able to be in a collaborative space and to be able to have some success from it yeah. Okay, because I like your wife's name, Jane. Quick question, and then I'll and then I'll ask you this last question that I asked Janek and fill in if she has another question for you, and then I'll ask you the same last question that closed with um with Will. Will. With Will, go for it. Anyways, song if remove the marijuana element from both of these songs. Which song describes your wife better? Sweet Jane by Lou Reed. Or Mary Jane by um, Mary Jane by Rick James, uh, Rick James and the Stone City Band. No, it's it's Sweet Jane by Lou Reed. It is, it is. Um, just just because yelling it out was Sweet Jane. You know, and it's just it's just good. Um, uh, uh, but no, and, and she actually. So you um, never want to ask your wife. Do you do you do you do you, do you, do you, do you, do you <laughs> 
Love me, Mary Jane. Now, I think L.A. Guns have a song called Ballad of Jane, and they actually spell it the same way she does, J-A-Y-N-E. Um, mm. She's not so plain Jane. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, no, the, the Lou Reed one is the one I've sang the most to her. Um, and, and, uh, and look, I've never touched drugs. I don't drink or smoke, but I love a good drug song from time to time. I do. And like, I've never drank, but there's some really good drinking songs out there. So, and I'll, I'll sing them to, to the top of my lungs. Friends in Low Places is a, is a wonderful karaoke tune. Um, that oddly enough, I've never heard anyone do karaoke outside of myself. So, yeah. what's the song by um, by Black Sabbath that they did about cocaine? Snowblind. Snowblind is great too. But see, I don't, I don't know that one. I'm not the biggest Black Sabbath. Because he goes cocaine. No, he just. <laughs> you know, we know what the song's about, Ozzy. All right, whatever. Even though I think Dio gives, you know, Ozzy run for his money as a leader of uh, Black Sabbath, but that's all beast because you know if you know the history of why they kicked Theo out it's very similar to why Ringo shouldn't be a Beatle anyway <laughs> oh no Jose we don't have time to get into that that's what Wikipedia is for you are you are stopping on a uh, yeah, yeah. you I, know I how love Ringo, they, I love you know Ringo. Paul Peace McCartney would go love. in Peace and love broccoli you know how Paul McCartney would go in and play the Ringo's part and then they just sort of put it into the um, into Paul only did that a couple of times. Well, and every drummer out there will tell you that there's nobody like Ringo. He is the king of feel, Dave Grohl's words, and he is. When you listen to isolated Ringo drum parts, and or when you isolate it with Paul's bass, uh, okay, a good example. There's there's a version of this on YouTube, and this is all I'll go on it because we I could defend him all night. Um, there's a version of YouTube. It's just the isolated bass and drums from something, and when you hear how just how they play back and forth on the verse is pretty simple. But then when it goes into the chorus, I have no idea what that guy is doing with his drums. And it's incredible. And yeah, it's just, and then to hear how butler. he and Paul play off of each other, it's just, ah, oh, so wonderful. He's good. Ringo is the most underappreciated and underrated drummer by the world, who is the most appreciated drummer by musicians and drummers. I would think he's a butler, but you know, that's just me. Anyways. What is the one piece of infamous or famous memorabilia? Not only in sports, you can do sports if you want to, also, but in uh, in in the world of music that you wish you had. So I don't know, man. Like I'm not a big memorabilia person, which is interesting considering I'm a super nostalgic guy. I'm very sentimental. Um, and uh, but when it comes to actual physical, tangible things it all turns into hoarding uh, for me. Uh, and maybe this comes from the fact that my parents were hoarders were hoarders and I want to make sure I don't go to that. So maybe I just have an aversion to it. Take it from your first um, concert. We, I mean, I about... have, I have some of those things around somewhere, but it's not like I look at them and think I, I just, I have the memories. That's what I look. That's what I use for my sentimentality. Uh, but if I had to name something, I don't know what it would be from music. Um, I've never, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, like in a, one of Paul's old Hofner basses would be pretty cool. I'm not going to pretend that, you know, so like an instrument and I would play it. You give me a classic instrument that one of the guys play. I wouldn't put it in a case somewhere because it's too beautiful. Give me something. to I would play it. You know what I think um, would, would be perfect for you? The the guitar that Brian Adams bought in at, at the <laughs> five and dime. That he at the five and dime. Summer Maybe. 69. 
Maybe, but I, yeah, may, maybe Paul or or John's old Epiphone Casino holo, uh, semi hollow body guitar, um, electric guitar. That uh, that one would be a cool one to have. So yeah, maybe like like a like a like a, a, a renowned guitar that that one of them played, or maybe John's old Rickenbacker. That would be cool. Um, uh, but um, but sports wise, and may, this is maybe it's not recent, but recency bias to me. The 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 last ball that King Felix pitched on his perfect game would be really that was such a just a cool day for me that that above anything from the Braves winning the World Series um, that 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 perfect game just meant more to me at the at the time that it happened uh, than even the Braves winning the World Series um, and uh, I don't know why but it really struck a chord with me. And so maybe that if I had to name something, but really like, I don't like I, I have my hero childhood hero is Dale Murphy. I've got a signed baseball by him. I don't pull it out. It just sits. I, we don't, our house isn't set up for memorabilia on shelves. We just have pictures of our family and art, you know, um, from target or something. I don't know where the art came from. We inherited it with the house. When we bought the house it the people left it behind. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, like, so but so it's not like I have a, a case for these things. I mean, like I struggle, I've got some Lebo art and I, I struggled knowing where to put it. Um, but I think I've got a place now. I'll put it where I'm building my guitar rack in my studio. I'll put, put it along there. Um, cause I've got to upgrade where I, where I have the guitar rack. So like, um, I, you know, I, it, but, but yeah, so, it, but, but yeah, so music, it would be, you know, maybe one of the, like, you know, John's old guitars or Paul's old bass. Um, but there's something that I would play. Cause that that would ha- that would have significance for me. It's something that I would actually play because there's there's got to be spirit really inside said, of those. Our Garfunkel's guitar, uh, not our Garfunkel's Afro pick. <laughs> <laughs> A strand of Garfunkel's hair, right? Um, Kurt Cobain's uh, the cardigan sweater, you know, maybe. maybe something but I'd wear it. That's the thing. I'd wear it. I can ask yeah. you what sitcom do you wish you were dumped off in for like a week, but that's a we'll save that for when we get you back another time. Let you right, right, right. Let yeah, you yeah. think about I'll that. Give you something, Jeanette, something do you have any questions about. for the wonderful, the the prodigious, the great Greg? Great Greg, great Greg, Greg. <laughs> uh, no, um, I know back when the uh, the Ruben documentary, the McCartney 321, right? Uh, we, like I had wanted to talk to you about it and it was like, we'll, we'll slink into it, sink into it when it's over. So I did want to touch base with you, but I think we can do that privately. Um, and uh, I just want to say, I do appreciate when you send me uh things about uh, oh my gosh who you did it the other day um andy williams oh, oh andy, andy williams, williams. Andy and williams. It, it was just the most random <laughs> thing and it made me smile to, to see it and uh i continue to lament that i didn't discover andy williams until a late stage in my life so i never made the trek to branson <laughs> missouri to see him in all of his glory sing she's good branson good that was a bad hand, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I didn't think Branson. Dang, I'm saw. I didn't think he was gonna do Moon River, and then bam, straight for the encore. <laughs> One of his songs happened to be my parents' wedding song. It wasn't sung by him; it was sung by an artist named Chucho Avellaneda, and it was the theme to Love Story. 
Very good. That's how we tie it all together in one full. There song. we go. <laughs> no, but, yeah, no, Jeanette. That's I like doing that with my friends. I, I, you know, I, I've got, I've got this weird memory. I remember dumb references from eons ago, and they don't remember them half the time. Like, like when I'm talking with Jordan, he's got the world's worst memory, <laughs> and uh, and so like I'll bring up all these things that are funny to me that I remember from. I mean, because he and I have known each other for 21 years. And uh, from, you know, from 21 years ago. And he was like, but yeah, I I just like, you know, just I've got this little repository of things that I know that people like. And I like to try to hit them up with that sometimes. Yeah, it was fun for me. I I liked it. And then um, because I was it was just so weird. And then just to see it like the Andy Williams, it was the (laughs) album cover of like his from his TV show, like whatever songs he had the soundtracks or whatever, whatever it was. And he, you know, it's like, so super 1950s, 60s and, yeah. you know, so wholesome and like, you know, whatever. Oh, I've got a Wayne Newton one. I'll send you this. Like, this is the guy that threatened to cut up Johnny Carson or to cut out his tongue. <laughs> Mr. Vegas. Yeah, I'll be posting that one. Yeah. Soon. So I just, I found that when I was yeah, it, uh, doing it was delightful. vinyl diving. The other yeah, day. it was totally delightful. Um, yeah, so you know, it's it's always good to talk to you in like the long form. I know that a lot of the times you are very like brief, um, or you know, you, you know, you're a busy man. You have a lot of stuff going on, so we really can't go and have like hours long conversations. But I know that whenever I get to have a conversation with you in the DMs, it's it's gonna be funny. It's uh, gonna be it's going to make my day secondly and it's just going to be like shit i wish i could do this more often but you know i understand you have a lot of pressures on you you have a lot of demands as being the great greg that you are so no pressure (laughs) (laughs) he's the best greg around so he has to tip that that title i mean as much as we love greg cody here we coming here we go as much as we love greg cody there is no other greg other than yeti blanc greg so No, I will tell you right now that there is getting to see Greg Cody behind the scenes. It's primo entertainment. It's just one of the best things in the world. It's just so much fun. Yeah, but we, anyway. but you're the one that we that we all love unanimously. So there you go. I'm the one that will actually come on your podcast. Is what. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I could try Greg Kittle. Do you want me to have him on? You know, Greg Lobo. <laughs> Kettles and bits. You could try that Greg Lobo. Yes, you could try try that Greg Lobo. That was. <laughs> oh, it was what anyway. it was. <laughs> and on that note, I want to want to thank Will. I want to thank Greg for joining us. Definitely follow their podcast. They're wonderful. Listen to um, listen to the entire catalog of Yes, Maybe, No. It is the stuff of genius, especially coming from two wonderful composers of but Dan Levitard parody music and even original things. And definitely check out Will's George Center. On that note, I'm Jose, New York. She's Janana He's Greg from North Carolina. Thank you for listening to this great episode. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Talking Jays. I'm recording this a little after we recorded it with the wonderful Yeti Blanc, a.k.a. Greg, and Will, a.k.a. at Wapple House on Twitter. Um, you can find them in their respective great podcasts on Apple or even Spotify and all anywhere you can find podcasts. 
the reason why I'm recording this is on the behalf of us here at Talking Jays, we want to tell you all thank you for letting us enter your lives and for your continuing to listen to us have conversations with interesting and great people and our friends and most of all thank you for getting us to 500 listens um we gonna keep on improving and keep on providing great things that you all like remember to rate subscribe and review we greatly appreciate it any um emails or any um uh, advice that you may have or any questions make sure you forward them over to our email as well or your, to our twitter you can email us at talkingjayspodcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on twitter at podcastjays p-o-d-c-s-t-j-s on, on twitter so thank you once more for getting us to 500 listens and onward and upward. We keep on um, providing great stuff for you and we hope you enjoy. Thank you.